Hello and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber White. You guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Art of Adoption podcast. I am thrilled to start this new journey and see where it takes me, and I'm even more thrilled that you are here to share it with me, so thank you. Just to give you an idea on what to expect, at least for now, is every week I will put out a new show, and right now I'm going to be alternating between informative and people's personal stories. I've been interviewing people for the past month, I have more coming. And so far, their stories have all been unique and amazing. You guys, next week, I'm interviewing a woman, an adoptee, who is against adoption. Not only against it, but actually advocates for it to end. I mean, when I say I want it all, I really, truly want to hear everybody's story. So if you know of anybody who wants to share their story, have them contact me. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Art of Adoption Podcast, although to be fair, I actually don't use Instagram right now. Um, That could change. So Facebook's actually the best way. Or you can always email me at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. Today, I'm going to try to assist in answering the number one question I get when people contact me about adoption, and that is, where the f*** do I start? Okay, so maybe they don't all ask me like that, but I know that's where they're coming from. I could feel it because the adoption process is super confusing and really overwhelming. It is not for the faint of heart. It will require grit and resiliency and follow through. And most importantly, it will require a lot of patience. There are so many things to consider and research when you start the process. One of those things is deciding on which type of adoption is right for you. There are basically two different ways to adopt. Domestically, which is within your country, or internationally, which is from another country. Today, I will be focusing on domestic adoptions. The domestic adoption process consists of many steps until an adoptive family is able to wrap their loving arms around their child. But every tear, every burst of anger, every meeting and appointment, all the questioning and concerns and the setbacks, all of the time, all of the money, every single bit of it is worth it in the end. Adoption, for the most part, is controlled by state law, and these laws are considerably different from state to state. One of the first things you will want to do is familiarize yourself with your state's adoption policies and or any state in which you might be adopting from. Keep in mind, if you live in one state but adopt a child from another, you will have to abide by both states' laws. And we've actually had to do that ourselves, so I can attest to it. So there are different kinds of adoptions, either an agency adoption or an independent adoption. Agencies provide the greatest assurance of monitoring and oversight since the agencies are required to adhere to licensing and procedural standards. Um, They will serve as an intermediary between the birth parents and the adoptive parents. There are public local agencies, which are foster care, child welfare, and social services. 
And of course, you also have private agencies in most states. Um, and that's where you get your, you go to Google and you type in adoption agencies and voila, most of those are going to be private agencies. So independent adoptions are when prospective parents wanting to place their child find and designate a prospective adoptive family themselves. Only some states will allow this and some agencies will even assist in this type of situation. However, you will still need to hire an attorney or any other permissible intermediary, depending on your state's law. Attorneys at least provide assurance that they must adhere to the standards of the Bar Association, um, and there are attorneys who specialize in adoption and are members of the American Academy of Adoption Attorneys, which is a professional membership organization with standards of ethical practice. So, yeah, you just have to pick which one fits you best, an agency or doing it independently if your state allows it. And in addition, other considerations in selecting the type of adoption you want to pursue might include the cost or if you want to adopt an infant, or if you're open for an older child. Um, also, if you want an open, semi-open, or closed adoption. Um, are you willing to have a special needs child, or take a child that may have been exposed to some drugs, um, maybe taking the drug use or mental illness history of the biological family? Are you open to a transracial adoption? Um, Maybe take your age, your health, and do you have a support system in place? So after considering all of those things and kind of narrowing down what adoption looks like for your family, I think you'll be ready to take that first step. Cause you glue all the pieces back together. Yeah, you, you take all, all right. So the very first thing you have to do when you are ready to begin the adoption process is to hire an adoption attorney and or an agency who is knowledgeable about your state's adoption laws. You want to do your research, find local adoption groups on Facebook, ask questions or look up reviews online so that you don't fall prey to a scam. So you want to call and interview a few places and people before you make your final decision. Some things to think about while interviewing agencies or attorneys are, are they interested in the children and families or are they more interested in the money? Are they honest? Ask them for references. Look at online reviews, like I said. What do they do with your money if an adoption falls through? That happens. Do they apply that money towards the next match or do you lose that money? What measures do they take to ensure that this doesn't happen? Are they knowledgeable about red flags? What services do they provide for birth parents? Hopefully counseling at a minimum. What do they charge? Is it comparable to other agencies or attorneys? And what education do they offer you as adoptive parents? And most importantly is if it sounds too good to be true, it 100% is. If somebody's telling you that they can complete your adoption for... $10,000 and most of the other agencies are averaging at $30,000. That's too good to be true. It's probably a scam. The next thing you will want to start doing, especially if you've decided to pursue a private adoption, is to get on a budget and get your finances in order. Adoption is expensive, specifically private infant adoption. There's just no getting around it. 
the average cost to adopt in the United States as of 2018 is $30,000. I know it's rough. This was my personal biggest struggle and the hardest thing for me to wrap my mind around. Until during one of our required parenting classes, a man said, I spent 30000 plus on my truck, so why wouldn't I spend that on my child? That changed my way of thinking about it right then and there for good. The good news is that there are ways to get them funds, and you may have to get creative to do it. For us personally, we got a small private loan through our bank. We did fundraisers. We had yard sales. We used credit cards. We borrowed money from friends, and we pulled everything from our savings. We also had to cut back on expenses. We got rid of cable, found a cheaper internet provider, got a roommate. We went down to one car. It was hard, but that's what we did. If possible, Johnny rode his bike to work or took the bus. And if I needed to get around, I would walk or I would take the bus. Um, There is some adoption grants out there, but unfortunately, there's not enough. But that's another topic for another day. If the cost didn't send you running and you're still on board, the next thing you will need to do is start getting home study ready. A home study is required in every type of adoption, and it is an in-depth look into your lives to ensure that you are fit to become parents. If only they did that for everyone, right? Your home study social worker will help you collect state and federal criminal background checks, financial and medical information. Um, They will conduct interviews with you, your spouse, and any other family members over the age of 18 living in your home. They will also conduct a home inspection. But don't be nervous about getting a home study. They're truly not as scary as they sound. Honestly, the most daunting part is all of the paperwork, but it's totally doable. So some things to get ready in your home before the home study is to make sure that your fire detectors are working and that you have a fire extinguisher. You will also need to create a fire escape plan and actually draw it out for the caseworker. Um, I had one woman I interviewed, she ended up framing that and hanging it up in her home. And I thought that was really resourceful. You want to make sure that medications and cleaning supplies are stored in a safe place, if not locked, um, out of reach. If you have stairs in your home, you will need to have baby gates handy or set up. You want to cover all of the outlets and make sure curtain cords that hang low are tied up. If you have a fireplace, make sure you have a gate or some sort of barrier from that. And if you have a swimming pool or a hot tub, you will have to show your safety precautions for that as well. And lastly, and probably a no-brainer, is to have a clean and tidy home. You do not have to go overboard on this. Some people are cleaning their blinds and baseboards before getting their home study done, and that's just not necessary. As long as your home is tidy and safe, you're going to pass. So not necessarily the next step, but another thing you're going to have to do is fill out an adoption planning questionnaire or an APQ, which is provided to you by the agency or the attorney. And a lot of times they may bring that to the first home study. What that is, it's a series of questions that helps them measure which prospective birth mothers would be a good fit for you for your adoption goals. Um, This is not a test, so there are absolutely no wrong answers. (laughs) So 
on this questionnaire, you will be asked confidential questions pertaining to the cultural backgrounds of the babies you're interested in adopting, the amount of contact you are interested in sharing with the birth parents, the medical conditions you are willing to accept in the birth parents' background, and much more. Which you will already know because you're listening to this podcast, so you're going to be ready for those questions, right? And now that you're here, I see colors and never respect Guess I finally learned my lesson. Cause you glue all the pieces back together. Yeah, you you take all my And one of the last things you will need to do in order to get on that list of waiting parents is create an adoption profile. Adoptive families have a print profile consisting of text and pictures about your family and oftentimes a video profile as well, which allows birth families to learn more about what makes your family truly unique. This is a way for them to easily imagine what their child's life would be like as a member of your family. Um, So the most important thing to do is be completely authentic you never know it's going to strike sentiment or trigger a birth parent. And it's their right to know exactly where and with whom they're placing their child. I spoke to a birth mother who made her final choice based on the name and breed of a family's dog. Whereas another birth mother decided against a family because they had a breed of dog that she was bit by as a child. So there's no need to try to be what you think they are looking for because there's just no way of knowing. So once you've completed your home study, the APQ, and your adoption profiles, you will become active on the waiting list to adopt. Once you're on that list, it can be 24 hours or 24 months. This waiting period can be extremely difficult, so it's important to approach it in healthy ways. Maintain your normal lifestyle. Find a hobby to keep you occupied. You can read books or listen to podcasts, hint, hint, while you wait for the call. Try not to stress yourself out by constantly visiting the adoption website or calling the agency or the attorney to check in. Look, they're going to call you when you are truly being considered or if they need more information. They're not going to call you every single time a birth family asks to see your profile um, because that would just be a lot. So try to distance yourself from the wait. After all, at this point, there's truly nothing you can do to speed up the process. And believe me when I tell you this, the right child is going to be placed in your arms at the right time. So patience is key. And that's it. (laughs) I know it's a lot. Adoption is complex. There's no doubt about it. But if you gear up with the knowledge about the process and how to adopt, it's going to be a lot less overwhelming in the end. This is a chance to experience parenthood in a unique way and start a family possibly for the first time. Even though some of these steps may seem extreme or invasive, it's important to keep in mind that everyone is working toward the same goal, which is the safety and well-being of a child. I know it seems unfair that we as adoptive hopefuls have to go through all of this just to be approved, to become parents. Trust me, I've struggled with this as well, but... If you think about it from the viewpoint of the birth families, it makes just a little more sense. I mean, they are preparing a life plan for their child with most likely total strangers. So wouldn't you want to know as much as possible so that you could make the best decision for your child? I know you would because you're good people. (laughs) Once you feel all set, push forward with 
everything you have in you. And listen, you have to be proactive and stay on top of it because no one is going to fill out all of that paperwork for you. And yes, it does get redundant. And no one's going to just hand you the money you need to adopt. It would be very, very nice if that happened, but it most likely is not going to happen. So get started. Just take it one day at a time. Get everything in order and enjoy the bumpy ride. The only person who is going to make this happen is you. Thank you for listening and tune in next week to hear a true story from someone who has been personally touched by adoption. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Art of Adoption Podcast or email me at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. Artwork and editing by me, Amber Way. The theme music, Forever Home, was written and produced by David Other. You can find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. Also, make sure to subscribe and rate and review, hopefully with five stars. And remember, like the author Brene Brown says, your story matters because you matter. You are absolutely enough. <laughs>